Hello, welcome to Game Changer. Monday through Friday, David Villa and our crew dive into God's Word and talk about how to take principles from the Bible and apply them to our daily lives. Thanks so much for listening, and here's our host. Hey guys, good morning. Good morning. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday, happy Thursday. It's kind of a good day today. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. In it. Psalms 118. And then it goes on to say, save us, Lord, and send success and prosperity. And today, God, we just ask that you would just bless this day. I'd send your favor, your blessing, your anointing. And we thank you for that. In the mighty name of Jesus. How are you doing this morning? Good. Doing good? Great. Awesome. We're going to talk about our smallness versus God's greatness. We're in the middle, just over the middle into day four of the little things. And, you know, how do you know that God's big? But it's, it's amazed me whenever I think about the, the vastness of God. Is a God that, that created the universe, that, that legitimately hung the stars, placed the moon and the planets where they go, created the earth in the fullness thereof. But he's small enough to deal one-on-one on a daily basis individually with you and I. Sometimes that hurts. It does. But then again, and then, then when just when you go, why you man, he's so he's such a he's such a God that's so precise and he's so small. Here's the deal. He's so big because he's doing those little things with every human being, whatever seven billion people on the planet, he knows every one of them. He knows how many hair are on the head or lack thereof on the heads of every human being on the planet. He knows what their thoughts are, what they're going through, right? He knows every believer. He knows every person that's on the brink of, you know, receiving him. And so it's just amazing. He's, he's a great God. And we're going to talk about our smallness versus God's greatness. And so another way to grow in thankfulness and to regain perspective is to, is to really realize how smart, small we are in the light of how big God is. I'll say it again, to realize how small we are in light of how big God is. You know, I was just thinking, um, I don't know, I was reading the other day and, um, or where, where I heard this from, but it just made me think, and every once in a while I kind of think of this, and I think it's good for us to think this, that, you know, you, you hear somebody passes away, you know, somebody famous or whatever, and what do you do? We're, we've been like kind of maybe even in bed, laying in bed together, kind of just winding down, just kind of looking at stuff and not really having caught up on too much social media. And then one of us would go, so-and-so would can you believe so-and-so died? You're not like a famous person or whatever. And it's like an initial, I don't know, breaking news to ourselves. And then, you know, it's interesting that I can't even really, I could if I guess I thought about it for a while, but I can't even really think of one example right now. It's like how, no matter how famous a person is, it's like they end up fading into, no matter who they are, obviously those closest to them, their family, miss them, but they end up fading into yeah. And so it's how small we are in light of how big God is. And, you know, after walking with God for quite some time, he, he becomes like a friend. But he never becomes less holy. Every day we have to remind ourselves of this fact, right? The creator of the universe talks to us when he doesn't have to. I mean, this is the God of gods, the king of kings, right? The Lord of lords, the vast God, the, the mighty God almighty that's, that sits on a throne that nobody 
has seen face to face. Like in other words, people in the Bible have seen parts of him, but his glory is so strong. And that God speaks to you and I on a daily basis like we're a friend. And he doesn't have to. And if we look like in the Old Testament, you know, God's holiness is a lot clearer in what the people of God used to have to do just to come into the presence of God, right? They used to have to, like, put, you know, it, they used to have to, like, <clears throat> tie bells to the priest. You used to have to tie bells to their ankles, and, you know, they'd have to sprinkle blood, you know, in front of them as they walk step by step to be careful not to miss a footprint in the blood of a pure sacrificed animal that morning without blemish just to walk into the presence of God. So, you know, and I think my devotions every morning or something, or I think that this podcast is something. Well, the reality is if we look at that, it puts our 20 minute devotion times to shame, doesn't it? It's only because Jesus died on the cross that we could have the close relationship with God that we have. So he did all the hard work because we couldn't keep our end of the covenant And that's a big God, but yet he cares about each individual person. And so I think if we're going to look at the little things, we need to realize that we're small in the scheme of things. You know, even our dreams are small in the scheme of things. Sometimes we have the opinion, and I've even thought this before in the past, you know, God God needs me. Well, God doesn't need any, any of us. He wants us, but we need him. And, um... So if we look at the smallness or the little things, I think that, you know, just just looking at how small we are compared to how big God is and how in the grand scheme of things, we're just a piece of this big puzzle that goes on for eternity, you know? And um, I think it's interesting if you think about that. I'd like to get your take on that if you're listening too and maybe you have an opinion on that, you know. Um, what do you think? I've seen you write down a couple words. Well, I, I feel like one of the things you said is that, you know, God's like a friend. Well, he is. He's the, the friend that sticks closer than a brother. But what's interesting is about friends. When you first meet someone, you become friends. We still have these masks masks on. And, and then the closer we allow people into our lives, maybe they see more of our humanity or our faults or our shortcomings, see our good points, see our bad points. But he remains the same no, how lo- no matter how long you walk with him. Mm-hmm. So he remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's consistent. And um, unfortunately, as humans, sometimes we're not always consistent in our thinking, in our relationships, in our friends, in our beliefs. We should be, but we're not. We allow circumstances to sway those things. But he remains the same no matter where we're at in life, no matter what we're doing, no matter if we're on a, you know, the mountaintop or in the valley, if we're, you know, sailing on a smooth bed of water or we're in, in rough waves, he's the same. And we forget that sometimes because life changes, things happen. You go from one day to, you know, this is a standard to, you know, tomorrow. And I don't want to talk about news because I, I try not to consume myself with news, but everything's constantly changing, even maneuvering as a business and um, a very crazy time with COVID and things of that nature, like you're always having to keep a pulse on, okay, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate, how do you handle this, you know, things like that. He's the same no matter what happens, no matter what comes our way, no matter, um, you know, and that's kind of, that's, that's powerful because that says how big he is, that no matter what, no matter what comes our way, he is the same and he's not shaken by it he's not bothered by it he's not disrupted by it you know how many times we have we woken up over the last year and a half or whatever and like oh man and you know been concerned he's not worried Mm -hmm. about anything 
yeah. is the same. And, and that should make, you know, I don't know about you, but that makes me feel peace in, in, a, in a world that's ever shifting and, and um, in a world that's ever changing and comments that are ever slipping through your fingers, you know, in a news cycle that's just so fast, it's, it's the God that never changes. But yet he's doing a new thing as well. He doesn't change, but he's doing a new thing in you and I because it's new to us and it's not new to him. That's the thing I think we have to understand that it's not new to him. Like if, if, let me just put it this way, like the church is praying for revival and I know I'm just kind of deviating off this. It's just been in my heart the last couple of days, just a move of God. You know, just we need a move of God in this country, in this world. <clears throat> but the church looks at it and says, oh, God, do a, do a new thing, you know, send revival. But the reality is God is revival. And can I just put it this way? Like if you were to be absent from this body, immediately just, just die, pass away, and be present with the Lord, you'd immediately be in revival. Because with the presence of the Lord is there is revival. In other words, it's not a new thing to God. It is, it is who he is. It's, it's a new thing to you and us. So he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And yet, it's a new. He's doing a new thing. So here's the vastness of God versus the smallness of us in play again. The vastness of, of the smallness of us is God. Do a new thing in me. That's what we all pray. God do a new thing in me. It's a new thing to you and I because it's, here's the thing. I think some of the new things to me today were things that God tried to get in my life ten years ago. That's because good. His word was was His word. And he tried to get me to do them then. But I'm saying, God, it's a new thing for me. Well, that's just, David, because you, you didn't really buy into it 10 years ago. I couldn't get you to really commit to that in my word, that process 10 years ago. You went around the mountains a couple of other times. This, this stone has been here every time you passed it. Three times before that you passed by it, it's been here. So it's a new thing to you, but it's not new to God. Because you know what the reality is? Moses could have passed that same rock figuratively. David could have passed that same rock. Ruth, Esther could have passed that same rock. So what's new to us? So there's the smallness of us. It's the new thing, but here's the vastness of God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I love, you know, the book of Job because we see this very thing. And think about this for a second. Job's life got worse than most of ours ever will. Thank God, by the way. (laughs) That's not a competition. That's one competition you don't want to win. And yet, how did God, listen to this, how did God finally bring him out of his self-pity and grief by reminding Job who he is, not who Job is, who God is. He reminded Job over and over, finally got Job's attention of who he was, that he made the heavens and the earth and that his ways and wisdom are far beyond what we could ever comprehend. That's how he finally got Job to come out of his self-pity. Because, I mean, Job was sitting in a, in, a, in a boils all over his body, scratching him in a, in a pile of ashes, you know, really saying, hey, you know what? I'm just going to sit here and die. And he never, he never turned his back on God, but he also forgot who God was. So understand that, that God, is, God is so big. He's so big and he's so significant that we can only be insignificant in the grand scheme of things. But be okay with that. Be okay with that. That's the first time you're probably ever going to go, ever gonna, it's ever going to be a good thing when someone tells you you're insignificant. Be insignificant with a significant God. It's okay. Be ordinary with an or- extraordinary God. You don't have to be the one that's extraordinary because he's got that bag. He's got that. That's his, that's his deal. You know, be natural with a supernatural God. 
Because you know what? Peter wasn't supposed to walk on water. You're not supposed to overcome the issues that you aren't able to do on your own. If you're able to do it without God, then, then, it, then it's not a God thing. But the things that you are looking at, that you're facing, the big things, and it makes you look small. Be okay in your smallness because of his greatness. <clears throat> I love that. I mean, I, I think it, <clears throat> it just helps me. It helps me in this to know that he's big. It makes me feel better to know that he's big. You know, I think think of our granddaughter and our kids. We we had, but it's been so long since our even our youngest. Um, you know, sometimes you you forget certain things, but your, our granddaughter reminds me at least, and I'm sure she reminds you. You know that I mean she's pretty independent, but you know the other day she, we had some uh, family over and she had hit herself or hurt herself or on a block or something, and her mom and dad were there and everything. I just remember this because it happened. It was I was the closest one to her. She came to me. That's very rare. Like she would not go to Lala or go to mom and dad, but she like hit herself on a block and she's like, uh, and I turned around and she was right here. And then I said, oh, and she came and she sat on my lap just for a second. Now she got up in about 20 seconds because she's independent. Oh yeah. <laughs> she's like, okay, enough. Enough of that. Be off me, you know? But she sat there and cried for a minute and put her little head on my chest and leaned in. And I guess the point I'm saying is she was okay being small in that moment because she 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 needed something and someone bigger. Do you get it? So your insignificance, be insignificant because God's significant. Mm. I think sometimes I know you gotta, we I know see you the big things at this point in our life or are are the things, I'm sorry, the things that we see as little and insignificant become big things later on. And, um, you know, I parenting is, you know, my kids are one of my greatest examples to me of the goodness and the grace of God. And um, not because I'm anything, because I, I certainly asked my kids about how Fridays look like at my house. I was a mad woman, like, get your room clean. Um, but um, put <laughs> Friday. Now the kids have left. I get, now she's telling me I didn't clean up the other day. I'm like, what are you kidding? But, I didn't even use um, anything. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, those things now are the things we look back on and, and laugh at. Um, I probably would have spent less time yelling about it, but, um, or even with my kids when they were in school, you know, I pretty much packed the same lunch for them and they talk about it sometimes now. Like I'm, I'm the sandwich queen. Just so everybody knows, I'm the sandwich she queen. Is. She, I'm not joking. There is a reputation <laughs> in all of IPD of Diana sandwiches. They're good. But I made the same lunch for the kids every day, their entire school career practically. I mean, very rare did they not get this lunch. And everyone had, every child had a little tweak, a little bit different. But um, I think now looking back, it's something that was seemed little and insignificant while I was doing while I was doing it and making their lunches. In fact, it was probably a nuisance most mornings, like, ugh. Um, but I also was that mom that also, it wasn't like a homemade cookie, but it was a break and bake. They also each got two fresh break and bake cookies in their lunch boxes. But those are the little things that they will actually talk about now today. Um, David gets week old food. I prep on Sunday and he has to eat the same food all week, like whatever food it is for that week. But I mean, they had fresh stuff, but they talk about it even now. And I didn't realize the impact. And I was, you know, I would sometimes put notes and not every day, but notes in their lunch boxes and stuff like that. It didn't seem important. But I think when um, you look back in the grander scheme, those are the things, you know, that 
come up sometimes in talking. So it's the little know, things. It's the little things. It, so don't be, you know, it says don't despise, you know, small beginnings, but don't despise even those things that are nuisances. Sometimes those might be the big things. You know, else. in a season where, you know, David, the business was kind of growing, David made a commitment that he was going to leave work at a certain time and take Ashton to soccer practices, which was always, as mom, that was kind of my more my job quote unquote, um, whatever the other, the kids had going on after school, I was the one that usually ran, but he made that commitment. But I think if he looks back sometimes, some days it was like, I really can't leave. But really, if you look back, those small moments in the car together probably were some of the best moments mm-hmm. in comparison to, you know, 20 years or so. Yeah. From a kid's perspective, um, oh, look at my angel over there <laughs> <laughs> from a kid's perspective, something I, I didn't, I never realized this until I think maybe I was 20. Um, but my dad worked full-time for the sheriff's office all my life growing up. And he was also in a position where he worked overtime every single time he had a chance to. Yet every single time I had a game, my dad never missed. Mm. That was a little thing that I never, I never realized it until I was probably about 20. And I'm like, I can't think of a time whether I was playing rec, travel, or high school that he was ever not at the game. And I knew he worked sometimes 60, 65 hours a week, yet he still made it every single time. That's, That's awesome. awesome, and you know it's a little, and, and the little things matter, and you know, and, and so let's let's shift this back now to 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 God because we're talking today about the, our smallness versus His greatness, and and it's the little things that He does every day, and I, and I you know I can't underestimate it, and in the season in the season that I'm in, and it's really kind of a continuation or an addition or a um, maybe a. a an adjustment from last year's season. It's just been a, a kind of a series of weird seasons. And we've all been in these things together, right? And um, regardless of, of, you know, if you, you know, if you're doing well in business and all of that, everybody's experiencing just stuff, just change, just, it's just a very unique season in the earth. And um, as believers, it doesn't make it any easier, except for the fact that we have the Lord, and we have to recognize that. When we have to cut the noise out, because the world has no hope. You know, I, I sent a tweet out last night because just looking at some stuff. We were on the, we were getting ready for bed, and we were just looking at some things. She ended up falling asleep, but before she did, I just saw some things, just some things, and some some noise, and just just talking, and just it just all of a sudden it hit me. Jesus spoke to me. I'm coming soon. You know, I know this is not what we're talking about, but I I tweeted that out, and I'm, I mean, as a believer, we have to realize that he's such a big God. And once I start to look at that, the cares of this world, they fade away. You know, in light of all that he is and all that he's done, who am I to complain? Who am I to question his process? Who am I to get impatient in the waiting? You know, if it never, if it never happens the way that my worldly dream ambition thinks it should, oh well. Because God's got a plan. And you know what? And the thing is, is that who am I to complain? So I want to be like David, who always brought his grievances and emotions to God instead of letting them fester and grow into bitterness. God can handle that. You know what? We have a, a something that we preach here at work, and it's something that we've learned over the years. And I think this is a big leadership tip, you know, um, that, you know, vent up. You know, don't, don't go to somebody that's that's below you you know that that if you're a manager and vent down don't vent sideways to a colleague about something that they can do nothing about and especially 
if it takes them out, but vent up, go to somebody that can do something about it. And you know what? You, you can always vent. That's why I look at it with God. God can handle your grievances. He doesn't, he doesn't look at you and go, oh yeah, well, I'm gonna take my magnifying glass, my God magnifying glass and burn you like you're an ant. He doesn't do that. So David, King David took, this is the same David that killed Goliath. He took his grievances to, to, the, to God, his emotions to God, instead of letting them fester. And that's why if you read the Psalms, you can relate so much to him. Because, I mean, he would, you know, I'm not, I, you know, he would say something like, in, in today's English, he'd, he'd be like, you know what, I jacked up God. You know, and I'm, God, I'm as, I'm, I'm like this, the dirt on the bottom of my shoe. That would be like a Psalm today, you know, and, and I, I'm not worthy of, of, you know, even you slipping me on, you know, your, you know, your feet, but God, your grace is, you know, that's the, that's an example. He would take these things to him. I'm frustrated, God. And so, you know, I, I want to say this, I want to say, God, you're great. You're good. You're holy. Thank you for loving me the way that you do. Thank you, thank you for your faithfulness in the smallest to the largest things in life. Amen? He's got us. He's got us in every aspect. In Luke 16, 10, there, it says, if you're faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful in the large ones. And that's the scripture you used earlier. But if you're dishonest in the little things, here's the thing we leave out. If we're dishonest in the little things, or if we're not faithful in the little things, then we won't be honest with greater responsibility. So it's the little things, not only do, not only do we need to recognize them, they matter. They matter. If I'm not thankful in the, in the small things now, how in the world can I convince God that if I just had a little more, I'd be thankful? If I'm not tithing, if I'm not giving when I'm making one amount, how in the world can I convince God that argument doesn't hold water, that if I just had a little more, I do it then because, you know, my bills are this. And, you know, if you gave me a little more, then I can actually do it. doesn't work that way, does it? <clears throat> we usually find something else. I've actually said that often in this season during people being, you know, working home and transitioning back to work. I thought, I bet a lot of them are having a rude awakening because all of a sudden one's parents that had childcare expenses, they didn't have childcare expenses, which is very expensive. And, I, and so I assume probably people that were, you know, working remotely began to use that money for other things in their household, you know, more, you know, buying things that they wanted or whatever, because here in some cases that could be anywhere between four and $600 a month that they were saving. And I was, as I was talking about transitioning back in, I was like, I bet a lot of households are feeling the impact of now what they was mad money and things that they were doing, things that they wanted, or maybe even creating additional monthly expenses. I don't, I don't know, but how, when that they start transitioning, there was also probably some adjustments that had to be made because now they had to go back to, to childcare type situations. And I happened to walk out in the foyer of our office building and it was someone that must've been um, getting, having to come back to work. And I'm not sure why they were talking about it in the middle of the hall of the office building, but I was going to the restroom and um, she's, she, the lady pretty much was kind of talking about, yeah, but I didn't have any adjustments, time to adjust to get childcare and this and that. And, and I'm assuming there was probably some financial backing because you're working and you're making the same amount of money, but then you just all of a sudden have a newfound of $600 you know, a month, like that transition to go back that people were only thinking about then and they weren't thinking about the later, you know, God knows our then later. And that's why sometimes what we feel is him withholding from us. He knows better for us. You know, when you were talking about asking for more, so that if I if only had more, I could, you know, give more or whatever, you know, he knows our heart. So even if our intentions, our good intentions, you know, really doesn't matter much because he knows our heart and you know, our intentions and our heart 
doesn't always line up, especially if we're not, you know, keeping it in the parameters of the Word of God. Um, and you were talking about David coming to the Lord. I mean, sometimes we're hesitant to come to the Lord the way we feel or what we're thinking, but He already knows it, and we forget that. And He loves us in spite of what we're thinking, what we're feeling, you know, mm-hmm. sad, angry, you know, whatever. He knows all those things. And I think in the little things, um, this week I was talking to our other daughter, Alexis, and, and she was just talking about a situation. I was like, we both were kind of like, that's kind of weird. That's odd that that came up. And it's kind of like, uh, you know, and to be honest, I was like, you know, sometimes people are, you just don't think. I was wondering, and then later later on last night, so it's been like two days, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know what, Lord? Maybe that came out, and it was an odd situation, but it came out because you you know us all enough to know that you're putting this this protection and we seen I seen it as a nuisance and if I allowed it to focus on what you what you know the situation what came to you know I don't want to divulge it but I'm just saying I was like I could let that irritate me and be frustrated or I can say you know what thank you God that you put up a sign to say hey this is an area that you need to protect and watch so I think also again it goes back to something that's been mentioned a few times this week is proper perspective is sometimes that things that are irritating or kind of can frustrate us maybe actually God God's taking that little nuisance, but it was really something that was meant to guard us or protect us. Yeah, it's don't discount. I mean, the little things matter. And God uses little things more often than big things. And again, think about this. Everyone who goes into ministry or business, everyone right now who starts a family, you know, I'll just use this as an example. We, we, we have dreams of doing great things. I mean, our dreams are big. You know, small dreams you don't remember. I mean, small dreams you don't remember, and they don't have to necessarily come in the form of a dream or a vision. So dreams are big. The business dreams, the ministry dreams, the family dreams, the money dreams, the financial goals. We have these purpose dreams. These things are big, rightly so. And if we're people of God, then we know that God authors them and puts them in our life. So, hey, the dream to preach the thousands, the dream to, you know, make millions, the dreams to grow, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, a business empire, the dreams to win lost souls to Christ every week, the dreams to bring revival to people who have lost hope, the dreams to, you know, have a husband and wife or whatever and have three kids and a home with a picket fence and this and that. Reaching my community, city, state, nation, even the world. These are the dreams and they're big things and they're rightly so. And then we stay focused on the big things. Diana said something to me years and years ago, as, I, as I'm, I'm a visionary, and it's not that she's not, we both have vision, but I'm a visionary, and pretty much that's all you get, you know, and it's like, I'm a visionary, so I see the big picture, and she told me, she said, you know, I, I see the potholes, and so I've used this so many times where I'm looking at the binoculars and people around me, and I'm going, okay, guys, I can see it, that's it, that's where we're headed, that's the, that's the goal, that's the big thing, and if I didn't have someone around me like this, the first step I take is a snake. I step on it, boom, bite me. First step, pothole, break my arm, break my leg, break your arm in a pothole. So, <laughs> so here's the deal. We have these big dreams, but in most cases, God is looking to see if we can first be faithful in the small things before he allows us to tackle the larger things. VP of sales here yesterday said that the Lord spoke to him through someone and, or through, maybe through a dream. I can't remember if he said the dream. I can't remember what he said. He said, but he asked, are you in prayer? He asked God for fruit. And he said, the Holy Spirit spoke clearly to him and said, I've given you seed. Now, what are you going to do with the seed? How many know that seed produces fruit? And can I just tell you, can I just, can I just say this real quick? Just something that just came to my mind about that. If you, if you don't plan on just eating one time, if you want to eat one time right now, you want fruit, right? I mean, like if you're hungry, Mike, you're starving, you haven't eaten in two weeks, like, here's some seed, <laughs> go plant it, cultivate it, water it. That's not what Mike needs. And that's not what the church should give at that point, right? We give fruit. 
But if you're not just hungry right now and you plan on eating six months from now and you plan on eating a year from now, you're a farmer. You, you, so you want seed because the reality is I can give you a handful of seed that can produce way more fruit than you can carry right now. And that'll preach. I can give you a handful of seed that'll produce far more fruit. You can hold that much in your hand right now that'll produce far more fruit than you can currently hold in your hand. And it will rot before you can eat it anyway. That'll preach. Well, I got to remember that. I got to go back and look at that so I can write something on that. Ash, no, let me forget that. It's pretty good stuff there. I'm just saying, I can go back and watch. It's on video. Well, honestly, though, but if you take that seed and do nothing with it, it's not going to mm. produce anything. So, you know, you have to plant it, care for it, water it, prune it, de-weed it, you know, you know, whatever. So <laughs> de-weed you have, it. I don't de-weed know what the right word. I'm not a farmer or a... God de-weeded me when I got out of college. I, for about two years, I smoked weed, and he de-weeded me. I was kidding. <laughs> Go ahead. That's terrible. You said it. I don't, is that any, actually a word, de-weed? <laughs> Uproot the weeds? I don't know. It's technically I got the term it, is you're just weeding your garden. Yeah, yeah. but um, so you have to do something with it, um, so don't squander it. So here's a, that's another thing that you know God gives us um, you know, giftings and talents, he gives us the ability to, to be the light of the world, the salt of the, of the earth. So he gives us that because he lives in us. And what are we doing with that? Are we hoarding that for ourselves? Or are we planting that and doing something with it? And it's very easy to go through life in your day and not um, plant any type of seed. You know, a seed is just simply a kind word can be a seed for you that day. I mean, you don't have to go and sow, you know, a million dollars into somebody. Um Dewey's the word now. Yes, it is. Um, but what are you doing with it, with what God's giving you? Um, so start with the small. Maybe you just make a commitment that every day I'm going to, you know, find someone that I'm going to say something positive to. And you start with that small thing. And before you know it, it's so invested in you. You're saying that to two people, three people. And before you know it, you're the type of person that goes, man, every time you walk in the room, you're a positive influence. So um, small things start somewhere. Don't miss the last day tomorrow. We're going to wrap this thing up, man. It's going to be good. Thank you all for listening. Hope you guys have been enjoying this series. I actually really have been enjoying it. Um, So if you guys haven't heard, we started our daily encouragement texts that go out every single morning at 827 a.m. And you can, if Ezra has the lower third ready, you can always text EZGC, that's E-Z-G-C, to 813-522-3356 to opt into it. It's just a simple text from Dave every single morning, a little bit of encouragement to start your day off. Maybe you guys can't tune into the podcast that morning. It's a little something that we can plant a seed in you for the day to have some positivity. Um, if you are watching us live and you happen to miss an episode, you can always catch us on the go on any audio platform out there. I can't even list them all. There's so many that we send to. But make sure you subscribe to us on whatever your favorite podcasting platform is. Um, If you are listening on our audio platforms and you want to join us live every single morning, YouTube and Facebook live at 830 EST, you can join us. Search David Villa Game Changer and you will be able to find us quickly. Faithgear.co, if you haven't seen and gone to look at it, the um, newest drop is up. We're working on our next drop. We're starting to put some designs together and start deciding on what we want to push. But if you haven't gone to check it out, please go check it out. If you want something, we have a very limited quantity on hand right now, so make sure you grab it. If you guys get it and it's already out of stock, it'll be at least like three weeks before we get some more in. So if you want it, grab it now. Um, Our featured Bible plan of the week is CrossFit. It's a seven-day plan. We did a podcast series on it a few weeks back, so you can also follow along with the podcast and the Bible plan at the same time. But thank you all for listening. We hope you guys have had a wonderful week so far. We'll see you guys tomorrow. It's Friday, the end of the week. 
We hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. And on that note, we out. Thanks so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast and you want to connect further, check out the David Villa's Game Changer group on Facebook. We'll see you next time on the next episode of Game Changer.